Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to cover Wednesday, October 13th, five-game NHL slate. Uh, DJ, it's been a ram night over on DraftKings. How you doing? Uh, nervous already because I have two tickets um, and barring an absolute miracle, I'm only going to have two tickets. So yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Let's get the dub. Uh, there's a lot of news and notes. I'm hoping that some people just uh, do not look into anything at all and ignore red out symbols. And we, we just take the 50 K home, Matt, you have more tickets than me. So how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. I have 10, um, one 10 tickets throughout the, preseason and through uh like football slates and whatever else so i have 10 i might bump that up to 12 maybe i I don't think i'll get up to the max of 18 um but man uh if if we thought the tuesday slate was uh, a tough nut to crack um tuesday night had even more fun for us because uh apparently all the seattle you know the, the covid lists and stuff uh those guys wound up playing so Hopefully you guys stay tuned to the uh, to the Mornscape Discord. You know that that's the best place for that type of information, but also just the Twitter and stuff because you really do need to keep an eye out, especially when there's COVID situations because things can change in an absolute flash. Um, so we're recording this as the Golden Knights and Kraken are just beginning their game. So obviously we can't talk about too much of what happened on the slate, um, but you know, my onslaughts for Pittsburgh. Um, they were ugly, but they weren't that ugly. Like I have six man stacks up the wazoo. Um, I've, I've won 50, the $10 and uh, somehow have no Brian Rust, Dominic Simone uh, combos. And, you know, like uh, I don't have any Teddy Bluger somehow, or I have one Teddy Bluger, uh, not with you know, it, it, it was just a mess. Um, so didn't hit the stones there despite like 18 empty net goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of seem like your Tuesday is a bit down as well, but. Did not work as planned. No. Yeah. Um, it started to look really good because I had some high in and, uh, but then yeah, all the stuff it. around it uh, did, did not do the thing it needed to do. Yeah. No, so. I was, I was over the field on every single Pittsburgh player, which, you know, feels good in retrospect, but I don't think it'll be quite enough. Um, Patches scoring just now is kind of cool, but we'll see. Uh, Anyway, we're here to talk about the five games ahead of us um, on this Wednesday slate. Typically, we don't do Wednesday shows, but, you know, uh, 50K to first, Spinorama, where we've got tickets, you've got tickets, you know, if you've been grinding out the preseason slates or the NFL slates, uh, lots of tickets are out there, so I'm sure people are taking a big swing that they otherwise might not be able to take. Um, so, you know, why not put some content out there and do the good work? Um, DJ, did you see the uh, the underdog fantasy lines that were posted for Tuesday night's slate? They, they posted some. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to take a look. The pickups, yes. Yeah, um, I'm still kind of wondering because I thought I definitely was going to hit going into the late game. Um, I took the Brian Russ over two and a half shots. He got that with the SMT netter. Mm -hmm. And then Jari over 26 and a half saves. And right now it's scored at 26, but I I thought he had a bunch at the end there. So I'm wondering if I'm just waiting for a stack correction because I thought he hit that. But we will see. So, yeah, they did post some. Um, Vegas didn't have any shot props, which kind of stunk. And then Seattle's were had like three total because I think they probably were trying to figure out like 
who the players even were. They might not have had player cards or like yeah. uh, Ryan Donato and et cetera. So it was a little bit lackluster, I guess, but um, yeah, no, it, uh, it yeah, I mean, it, it was cool. I, I might hit, we'll see. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't quite get a chance to look at them. I was in full on grind mode, but I like five o'clock, they still weren't posted. So it was definitely like a last minute thing. Maybe it was a little before five, but by then I was in full on, uh, generating my DFS teams. So, um, didn't get to look at myself, but they were posted. They should be posted going forward. Um, so be sure to head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code MSP. When you sign up, you'll get 10 bucks just for doing so. I uh, want you to deposit $10 of your own. Uh, hopefully you guys got in on some of that best ball action. I was super busy at work today. I know you had your first day at work, but uh, people in the discord were telling us uh, that the, the drafts were soft. Um, you know, there are a lot of casuals out there just trying to take advantage of the overlay, which, you know, um, should have been expected. And certainly a lesson learned for next year. Like it, it might be a plus EV decision to take the day off. <laughs> um, but right. yeah, you know, uh, they, there were a lot of drafts flying off the shelves uh, as the day went on. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was my first day at work and like, it was like, I didn't have my phone even like with me most of the day. So I was yeah. like, no chance. And I wanted to get in one that right at like five when I got out, but I was busy it, it, it stunk i only ended up getting 10 lineups in i was hoping for 15 so um a lot of times when i was getting on it just didn't end up working out could get full so hopefully next year we can get that full real early absolutely um and yeah you know keep an eye out on the snake draft style contest they'll be posting um, i'm sure there'll be one for wednesday uh, but you know you can use a lot of our dfs discussion in that as well so let's get into things um Again, thank you to Underdog Fantasy for sponsoring the show. Um, we have, of the five games, we have Montreal at Toronto. We have the Rangers at Washington. We have Chicago at Colorado. Uh, note, there's a two and a half hour difference between the Washington start time and the last three games, 7.30 um, and then 10 o'clock is each of the last three games. So you'll be able to have a little bit of information and late swap uh, equity if that's the way you play. I highly suggest if you're playing, you know, to just use what you know after the seven o'clock games are done to inform your decisions you make on the 10 o'clock slate. Uh, after the Chicago Colorado game, we also have Vancouver at Edmonton and Winnipeg at Anaheim. Um, and, you know, this wouldn't be the Morning Skate podcast if we didn't have a ton of freaking news uh, to, to share. Um, so, right off the top, Austin Matthews will not make his uh, season debut. Uh, in game one, nor will Nathan McKinnon, uh, McKinnon out due to COVID Matthews out due to a wrist injury. Uh, there is very little chance either one suits up. Um, it sounded like even last night, there was some confusion on the Seattle situation. Sounds like McKinnon's already been ruled out. Um, but you never know, at least keep an eye on it. Cause obviously if he plays, he's a wonderful play. Um, on the Washington Rangers game, we have a couple of question marks. We're assuming that both Ryan Strom and Alex Ovechkin will play. Um, they are each a bit dinged up, but, you know, um, we're, we're kind of expecting both of them to be good to go. Um, we already covered Colorado. So otherwise, for Vancouver, uh, just note that Pedersen did sign. He's back. He even played a preseason game or two. But if that was something you were worried about, um, 
well, you might have still you might have reason to be worried still. We'll talk about his line mate when we uh when we get to it. And then lastly, we have Winnipeg at Anaheim. Note that Mark Shifley is out for this game. Uh suspension. And also should note on the Toronto side, we're also assuming Mitch Marner does play. Um, he took a spill and left practice on Tuesday. Um, however, oh, again, we're expecting him to be full go. Um, so just keep an eye on morning skate. Toronto beats are very good at their jobs. So we'll have that news uh, well ahead of time. So DJ, the five games here, any of them stand out to you? Uh, I mean, it's, I was doing the Mayo Media Picks and Bets show before, and all of them are at least six, except for the Winnipeg. Six uh, or higher, except for the Winnipeg-Anaheim game, which is five and a half. So Vancouver-Edmonton is a six and a half. And I mean, I don't really see any reason why it shouldn't be. Um, we, do, do you want to go game by game or do you want to do by position? Do we, what are we doing first? Before I, um, I would say deep here. Uh, you pick, you pick. It's, it's like right on that border where it's like kind of reasonable to do both or like either or, you know, not, not both, but. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do both. Um, let's let's just go game by game. Why, why don't we just start with Montreal, Toronto, and just move forward? We'll we'll get to all the news. We'll, I think that like there's let's just do it. It'll be fun. Five games, right. game right. by game. I I love it. I'm in. So let's just start with Montreal, Toronto. I I, I like Vancouver, Edmonton, but we're gonna get there. So Montreal, Toronto. Um, the biggest of news is uh, besides Austin Matthew things you already mentioned is that Mitch Marner is like day to day, but I kind of think he's gonna play. Um, they. Uh, coach was Sheldon Keith, right? He said that he was like precautionarily held out of practice at the end. So that doesn't lead me to believe it's as serious as like people might think. So I still like Marner. He should be playing with Tavares. At least that was the line before um, he got hurt. So as long as he's in with Tavares, I, I think that that's reasonable. Richie was the other guy that rounded out that top line. Line two with Bunting, Kerfoot, and Nylander um, before you get to the bottom six. So that seemed interesting. The top power play was Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Spezza, and Riley. Um, Spezza was on the fourth line with Simmons and Amadio, right? Is that how you say it? Amadio? Uh, Michael Amadio. Amadio, there it is. Um, So that's interesting, I guess. Why not? Um, And I think think Marner ended up playing the Habs power play uh, and line one was Suzuki, Caulfield, and Toffoli. I think that'll stick. The other two to round up that power play were Gallagher and Petrie. I'm pretty high on Petrie in this game. I really don't see a reason why he shouldn't be a little bit more expensive, even though he is like one of the more expensive, the, hmm, he's like the seventh to most expensive defenseman on the slate. I, I think that he should be a little bit higher. Um, should have some pretty good shot upside. That's why I really like him, even as a one-off in this in this slate. Um, and then other guys on... Montreal, uh, maybe I, I consider like something else, but I don't really see myself going too deep in this lineup. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, my first thought here is, um, you know, uh, kind of comparing across the games. Like we have a couple of really, really uh, vaunted prospects that are, um, you know, kind of expected to have like breakout seasons this year. I'm pretty sure both Zegras and Cole Caulfield are, uh, if not, the two leaders for the Calder trophy at the moment, I believe they're within the top five. Um, and they've really aggressively priced up Trevor Zegras to 5,900 on this slate while they've left Cole Caulfield at 4.9 K. Um, 
you know, between the two for daily fantasy, uh, Caulfield is the, probably the better option. He's, I mean, he was just an amazing shooter last year in, you know, admittedly limited sample. Um, but in 308 minutes, Zegers put up about three shots plus blocks per uh, 20 minutes of ice time, which, you know, seems about a reasonable estimate for him as Anaheim's premier center versus Cole Caulfield is uh, he was above four. He was almost four and a half per 20 minutes last year. So like he's going to put up floor numbers. He's, you know, manning the top power play. He's their main shooter. Um, so I believe Cole Caulfield's pretty underpriced um, and just simply mispriced versus a guy like Tyler Toffoli at 6,400 who, you know, uh, when they were on the ice together, it was definitely Caulfield's show. Um, so I, I think Caulfield's one of the elite one-offs on the slate. And then I also think that, you know, Toffoli, Caulfield, and Suzuki, fresh off the new deal, Nick Suzuki, um, I think they're really strong plays, especially against a Toronto team with no Matthews. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this game has a lot of firepower, clearly. Um, but I kind of lean toward the Montreal side myself just because, you know, uh, we're going to have to find the money to spend on Mr. Connor McDavid, who is just, I mean, if you can't get McDavid up above 8.3 on this slate, like you deserve to have, um, like you deserve to have your site, you know, be 75% McDavid here because that's kind of egregious in my estimation. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, it's hard because I do want to spend up on center overall on the slate with like Tavares, Pedersen, McDavid, like those three, I think are really, really good options, but you, you might have to get a little bit cheaper, but, but we'll get to that. So are you ready to move on to the Rangers at Capitals? Um, yeah. I mean, are there any sort of sleeperish Toronto guys that you have your eye on? Um, Cause I mean, after Nylander, like there are basically I know, yeah, no, Spezza, guys. But... yeah. Um, thank yeah. you for, teeing me up yeah. on that one. Um, so yeah, Jason Spezza in practice was playing on the top power play unit. Um, also on the third line, even strength, I believe, uh, you know, either or he's not going to play uh, 15 minutes or anything like that at even strength, but uh, Spezza seems to be the direct replacement for Matthews on the power play and Spezza for all of his, you know, he's a bit old, whatever uh, he still shoots and he sells a real good shot from that half wall on the power play. And I would expect him to use it. So if you're talking 2.5 punts on this slate, I think Jason Spezza uh, is the main guy who fits the bill. Um, so I just wanted to call him out as a very, very strong play. Um, and then finally, Morgan Riley, 5.1 is, is well below. Um, similar defenseman, in my opinion, like Adam Fox and Tyson Berry. So I expect Riley to be relatively popular, but I do think he's a strong play, especially with a guy like Jason Spezza, when you assume, you know, maybe they'll hook up on the power play. All right. Well, but I think that pretty much wraps up game number one. We'll get over game number two. Again, another six over under the Rangers at the Washington Capitals. I mean, I really am trying to figure out what I'd want to do here. I think this game has I think it just has potential to go under-owned just because I think that people will not find the cap space for um, Alexander Ovechkin. They might think, well, he's a little bit banged up and expensive and just not quite getting there. And 7,200 is pretty fair to me. So do you have any interest in this game as a whole? And I mean, are you thinking like Ovi Kuzi just goes way under-owned? Ovi. Next question. All right. So you um, Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov, uh, I don't think he's a great play um, at his price. 
obviously to stack them, you know, go for it. But um, yeah, Ovechkin is just some of the most bankable points out there. And there, it's very possible to fit in, like, for example, Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Ovechkin, and still have a pretty strong team around that. So, um, you know, obviously there's other options like Kane and, um, you know, it, it definitely sucks that this slate is going to be without McKinnon, Rantanen. Uh, obviously, you can still play Rantanen, but uh, it, it's just not the same, obviously, uh, and for obvious reasons. So, it, to me, that kind of feels like the build that I want to begin with. Um, but, you know, it, I don't really feel the need at the mid-tier center to jam in a guy like Kuznetsov, who has upside, obviously, um, but he doesn't really have the type of floor that I'm looking for for that salary. So um, I'll probably go, you know, for example, McDavid, punt, and then find money for two studs at the wing position. And I think Ovechkin, I mean, as long as all reports say that he's fully good to go, um, I, I kind of think that he's going to be my, you know, most owned winger, not namely on Dreisaitl. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's pretty fair. I definitely like him a lot in this spot, and I, I don't really see any reason to not play it. Um, yeah, so the getting over to some some other plays. Uh, I mean, looking at the Rangers lines from practice, we had Lafreniere with the bench adding Kreider. Doesn't look like that's going to have some uh, very strong power play correlation, but I'm not positive what they're going to have. I mean, in the last preseason game, I can see it was Sammy Blay with Fox, Panarin, Stroman, Zubinijad. I'm not sure if that's going to stick or not. I'm hoping we get a little bit more clarity tomorrow. Um, line two was Panarin, Strom, Kako. Uh, so that that seems like that's going to be what they roll out with the second line. Um, and the power play correlation is also only really good for Stroman Panarin unless if Kako does bump up. Um, Fox is a bit expensive, but I think he's probably fine at that price. I, I don't think it's like 6,100 is like unplayable by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but is there anything here that you think you really want to get a hold of with the Rangers and try to maybe get an edge? Because I mean, I just don't think they're going to be very popular. Yeah, I mean... Uh, the thing about like Lafreniere is that it, it's definitely for me, it's a wait and see price. Um, they, you know, they, they moved him up. Like they did Zegras to 4.6 over on DraftKings, And I'm just not willing to pay that. Um, I could definitely see some Kako Strom Panarin uh, making its way in because, you know, if you assume Strom and Panarin have the three point nights that you're going to look for to take down a GPP um, Kako at his price at 3.3, Yes, he's not on that top power play, like you were saying, um, but he's cheap enough to where if he gets just like one goal and a few shots, he's probably putting you well on your way toward a winning lineup. So that's the type of third wheel that I have no problem with. Um, and then obviously Adam Fox is a great power play correlation, um, though. I don't know. Uh, I, I do wonder how much actual upside he has for his price tag, um, just because, you know, he, he's really not going to do the five shots, three blocks type game that you could see uh, that I think you could see out of say a Jeff Petrie or a John Carlson, uh, for instance. So um, I might be pumping the brakes a little bit on the Rangers in general, but I think if I do go there, I'm pretty interested in the CACO and getting that value along with Panarin. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, other than that, in the Washington side, worth noting, no Backstrom. I don't think we've said that quite yet. So put, put that out there in the world. Um, 
does that give you any sort of a thought on like a like a Mantha one-off type of situation where he should be definitely on the first power play? Um, I think he's pretty cheap, right? Like, see him and find him up forty-eight hundred. Yeah, I don't know. Is there any thoughts on anything like that, or you just want to move on to Chicago, Colorado? Yeah, if it's not Ovi, I'm I'm probably not interested. There, there's just so many options on the slate that I, I'm really not that interested in the mid-tier of wing um, beyond, you know, a few names like Caulfield and a couple guys we'll get to. So, All right, so let's move over then. We got, uh, I mean, obviously pretty much I'd say what we expect minus McKinnon um, for Colorado. That moves up Kadri to the top line, and I mean, he was on the top power play before, but he should still be on the top power play. Does that – do you think it'll be too chalky to be, like, a real, real nice play, or are you still interested But in like, maybe putting him with Ranton in against – I mean, I think a Chicago team that should give up a pretty good number against um, expected goals and all that. So is there any thought on that? Um, and then another guy that was on the top power play that wasn't normally was Burakovsky. Um, so it was Makar, Burakovsky, Ranton, and Comfer, and Kadri. So no Landis Cog seems not correct, but that's what they ran. So yeah, what are your no, thoughts? Um, I, I did. I, I saw what you were referring to, um, and I had a thought. I think, but I don't remember the thoughts I thought. So um, I'll need to see if I can dig that back up again and refresh my memory there. Um, but in any case. I don't know, man, (laughs) like Colorado, I just feel like, you know, I don't think the line will move much after the uh, McKinnon news. I mean, it's minus 300 for Colorado. Um, I just feel like they're going to be very popular. And I don't want to say I don't see it because like, obviously Chicago, you know, uh, definitely not one of the better teams in the league. Um, But I'm not really sure I want to buy in on a team that, you know, uh, won't have Nathan freaking McKinnon um, and is replacing him, you know, kind of with with Kadri, who is a good serviceable player. Um, But it's not like he's, you know, been priced. He's priced around the Nick Suzuki's, um, you know, there's guys cheaper than him, like Bo Horvat, who I'm really highly interested in. Um, So, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on the ownership for sure. But if it's like I'm expecting where like just Colorado's implied team total is so high that it's just, you know, they're going to get everyone owned <laughs> who has a pulse on Colorado. Um, you know, I think that Edmonton, Colorado, if I had to pick one, which I think you probably have to, I'm going to be well overweight on Edmonton. So, um, you know, it's not like a, I hate the play, but it's just like I don't think you can play all of these highly owned pieces and really create that much leverage in your lineup. So um anyone deeper on Colorado I mean they're the king of having these trolls um show up and kind of uh you know like really tilt you when uh say uh Jonas Donskoy gets a hat trick or whatever obviously Donskoy is not around anymore so you know who any candidates for that just jump out at you right away I I probably Comfer as like the 3900 guy that I think he makes the most sense he just just never really had the rate shooting to get me over the edge on him um but who knows with no McKinnon, if he can find a power play goal, I, I could definitely see that happening. And then just lucking into like an empty netter, because I think he's pretty decent defensively could be out there for that kind of situation. So um, he gets the bump up to the second line, should see the time. He's probably the easiest candidate to put there. Um, 
but I, you know, I think that if I'm doing anything here, I'm probably just trying to get a piece of Kadri Rantanen and looking if I can't still get in McDavid, it's going to definitely come at the price of Ovechkin. But I do think that that kind of a line of construction would work for me. Um, and then just, I don't, I don't think Bakari is going to fit there. So maybe punting one of the D spots and seeing what, what we can do. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's probably my most likely on the Chicago side. We didn't really touch on them, but yeah, their first power play was to bring it Kane and Tyler Johnson, all with uh, Taves and Seth Jones. So that full line correlation uh, is at least something to keep an eye on. I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to have it myself. I think Colorado is still pretty solid, but I don't think many people are going to get there just because there's a lot of, I mean, that's not cheap. It's not going to be, it's not, it's not a saver uh, to bring get 6800 Kane 7k and then Tyler Johnson 4700 uh, I mean I'm not playing Seth Jones at whatever the heck he is 5800 I, I try to play Petrie and etc but um I don't think a lot of people are going to play it it could be just it, it's it's one of the only stacks we've talked about that's a full line correlation power play all the goodness and it should be pretty good run but yeah. I'm probably not playing a ton of Chicago personally yeah I, I'm basically you know if I see Patrick Kane below say like 12 13 14 percent owned i'll probably try and get at least two of those stacks in my 10 because like you said there, there's really not that many uh tightly correlated stacks like this and you know I, I if i were placing a bet on this game i would probably just take the chicago money line and just kind of like i mean the thing about it is that colorado's practicing with mckinnon in all training camp i know he and ranson had a kind of delayed start to things but like they're kind of scrambling from the very first minute and this Chicago, especially to bring it Kane, they've looked excellent and it's not like they're break the bank expensive. Um, so yeah, probably agreed. I'm not playing like a Seth Jones, but if I can fit, fit that in, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try my best to and make that a four man stack. Um, but I, I kind of think that Chicago's the more interesting side just because, you know, I, I do think it'll be a contrarian angle and if Chicago scores, we know exactly who it's coming from. And that's, you know, Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit. So um, I like getting some exposure there. All right. Um, let's go beyond that and over to Vancouver at Edmonton. Um, you know, this is obviously the highest over-under of the night. Um, Edmonton is, a, you know, decent favorite at minus 170 at home. But man, oh, man. Um, if there were ever a year to stack against Vancouver, you know, last year was the year, the year before that was the year, but man, this year, I think is the year to stack against these freaking guys because their decor is horrible. Um, yeah. McDavid is McDavid. McDavid is not priced up. Leon Dreisaitl is not priced up. Um, it, it's just so easy to play those two guys that, I don't think I'm going to outfox myself. I think I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to take the 50% owned and just say, look, these guys are the most likely guys to put up, you know, uh, scores that you absolutely must have to win. And I still think I can build really strong lineups around them. So, um, you know, uh, do you feel the same way with Edmonton and where are you looking if you're trying to build on like additional correlated pieces or, you know, get some leverage in this game elsewhere? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, as of now, it looks like it's Poliarvi who will be with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, it, it will be McDavid and Dreisaitl, which I totally missed on the Mayo Media Network, but that's fine. I already made a tweet about it. That, that makes up for it. So, yeah, I, I do think that like Poliarvi at 4,400 is 
I mean, not moving in. It, it, I think he's pretty locked territory if you're playing McDavid, Drysdale, just hoping that they go for three goals or whatever, that he gets involved in a couple of them. Um, other than that, I think if you're not playing any upper priced guys, you could probably talk me into one of the defensemen. I mean, Tyson Berry, 5,900 is a little expensive, but I think we're probably hoping he's on the first power play. Um, in their last matchup before the end of the preseason, he didn't play. So, yeah, we don't really know. I, I guess it's hard to know exactly what they're going to do. It's going to be Tyson Berry. Don't. It should be Tyson uh, Berry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen is basically McDavid and Joyce. You know, this is actually interesting from a, you know, theory perspective because technically, you know, it's going to be McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins out for basically the entirety of any two minute power play. And once Hyman and Barry are gone, over the boards will likely come Darnell Nurse and um, either Pugliarvi or Evan Bouchard. It, it kind of depends on how late in the penalty it gets, but usually it'll be Pugliarvi. Um, so even though they're not listed on the same power play units, you really are getting some great, you know, uh, correlated power play time with McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, by picking any of the foursome of Nurse, Barry, Pugliarvi, and Hyman. So I wouldn't feel bad at all about playing Pugliarvi with those guys and just praying that, you know, he gets the lucky break on a power play goal or whatever, or just scores a five on five. Um, so I think that's how I'll be playing Edmonton. I'll try not to just get McDavid dry settle. I'll try and get some other piece that like, if they go nuclear, which, you know, uh, they are the most likely to, that someone else almost has to be involved as well, be it Barry or Pugliarvi. Those are my main two leans right now. Um, but RNH is certainly a possibility. His price is kind of interesting. You know, he's down at 4,900. And yeah, the five on five matchup is, you know, um, not necessarily ideal, um, given that, you know, he's not with McDavid at five on five, but he's certainly good enough for that price where I don't feel bad at all about you know, the double center stack with McDavid and just kind of going for that power play uh, correlation. So any thoughts on the Vancouver side of things? Uh, my thoughts are like, why, why are their lines what they are? I guess would be my first thought. Um, yeah. I, I guess if you would have asked me like, Hey, this like try to put together the best line up for Vancouver. I would not have come to the conclusion of putting Alex Trace on with Pedersen and Miller. That seems to, be an odd move at best. I don't know why Hoglander or um, Pod Colson or even really Garland don't make that 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 spot. But Horvat with Garland and, and Pearson, you know, I think that it it wouldn't be the dumbest idea in the world to have a comeback in the highest um, game of the whole slate. You think if McDavid does go crazy, he's playing 25 minutes. They're in a competitive game uh, with Vancouver, who gives up a ton defensively. Yeah, I, I think you could talk me into that being like the slate winner on a five game slate. And I, you know, I think there's enough value on the Vancouver side to make it work in, in any correlation with McDavid dry Um, So the guys that I think are, you know, the cheapest that would make the most sense um, would you know probably include either Miller or Garland. I mean, I think Garland with Horvat is obviously the cheaper of the two, but if you end up playing Pedersen with Miller, it, I don't really think it's backbreaking. I think you could find a couple of punts, um, on defense that I like enough to make it work and hope that they get a couple points. So either, or I think is fine. I'm not going to dumpster dive on Vancouver in, in game one. That just feels real thin. 
Um, their power play they ran in the last preseason game was Chase on Horvath, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, and Pedersen. So you don't quite get that Garland correlation, but who ends up knowing what, what exactly what they'll do? Hopefully, they wise it up and take Chase on off of there. But that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean you're probably not putting, uh, you know, uh, Garland at five point six. I just really don't think you're putting him in in your lineups. Um, uh, like Horvat is 4.8, which is just, um, I mean, if that yeah. were swapped, maybe I would consider Garland, um, but I would still think Horvat's in play at 5.6. Um, it's worth noting that we don't know the status of Brock Besser. We assume he's going to be out, but he is with the team. Um, you know, it, it's certainly not impossible for Besser to suit up here. I don't know if that means that Chason is like an absolute, you know, if he's a fill-in or if like Chason would then go to the fourth line and then, you know, Pat Colson sits or whatever, like any of those things really could happen. But if Chason ends up, you know, not playing, then we might get, you know, what we're hoping for <laughs> on the power play one for Vancouver. But I think you'll just have to keep an out on it because we, you know, we frankly probably won't get that info um but yeah i really like borhar that and maybe i'll stack him but he's probably more of like the last guy in one-off type piece on like a say mcdavid you know dry settle ovechkin start if i'm making another stack there with defense and wingers if i need that last center spot i think borhar that's like a great value play to make all of that work um and should just shout out evan bouchard because he's 3.8k has an absolute cannon and you know, yeah, mix him in, in your like MME sets, because he just is a really, really good shooter and uh, probably the most likely guy sub 4k to score a goal um, <laughs> uh, defense or wing, honestly. So, um, you know, I just think that's a real strong take. All right. Um, let's get to the last game of the night, Winnipeg at Anaheim. Um I was kind of surprised to see this one at a five and a half with the under favored, um, you know, currently that's what it's at for reference. The Seattle Vegas game was, you know, uh, that situation as well, while Pittsburgh Tampa opened as a six and dropped down to a five and a half with the over favored. So it's definitely the lowest sort of expectation of the night. Um, would you tend to agree with that? And, you know, if so, are there still any pieces maybe that you're interested in in this game? Ah, I mean, yeah, this game is – I'm not putting it in stay-away category because I definitely think there's some value on the Winnipeg side that I'm – I think it's worth targeting. Um, but I'm, I'm really not that interested. I just don't really think there's enough here to get me to um, try to prioritize – some of the players on Winnipeg over some of the other guys we mentioned. I, I think Kyle Connor at 6,300 is at least interesting. I don't have a, an issue with it. And maybe that there's enough offensive concentration that could flow through him where he could have that type of a game that could get you there. Um, but I really don't know if there's anything that I'm overly interested in outside of punts like Cole Perfetti, who I hope sees second power play time, although he didn't practice on it. Um, a guy like Adam Lowry, who did see first power play time, even though I'm surprised he did, uh, 2,900 center. Um, I think 
defensively, you know, I'm just not going to get there with any of the Winnipeg players. But for Anaheim, a guy like Jamie Drysdale, I hope gets first power play run, might be under the radar considering last year he just never really got there. Um, yeah, he put up eight points in 24 games. So I think the offensive upside is definitely there. He just didn't really show the rate stats. But first power play with Anaheim, I think is in the in, in the realm. Um, he pre- played there a lot in preseason. So I, I kind of think of this game more as a value game than a game I'm going to be stacking up any of the lines. But if I am stacking up anything, it's probably going to be Connor um, with something correlated. But I I really couldn't tell you what because I'm probably not playing Blake Wheeler. Um, yeah, no, that that is my sort of where I come down on it as well. Um, maybe a power play stack of like uh, it was Pionk, right? Because I think I saw them Pionk was on back there. and forth. Peon Connor and then Adam Lowry, like that's kind of gross, but that's really um, the only way I could kind of see paying up for studs in this one. Um, it's really tough for me, even with no Mark Shifley, to pull the trigger on Raquel and Zegers. Um, Raquel is 5.8K, Zegers is 5.9. If, you know, if I see some ownership projections and it's like, oh yeah, these guys are going to be 2% owned, yeah, I'm probably going to wind up saying, you know what, screw it. Like, you know, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time um, because Zegers, you know, truly could be a point per game player this year. Um, it's not the likeliest outcome, but he is that good. Um, you know, uh, Raquel is a solid rate shooter. If he's anything close to uh, with a functional center, then Raquel could easily be worth this price all year. Um, so now's the time to take a chance on it. Uh, so I'm definitely torn, but that does seem like a really great place for um, some leverage. I talked about it on the season preview show. Like we just, I don't buy that Winnipeg's like going to be this like, you know, radically different defensive team. You look at the, even the numbers that seem to love Winnipeg. The reason they're good defensively is because they have the 19th best decor but they have the best goaltending, uh, uh, well, best goaltender by a mile, therefore the best goaltending tandem. Um, and, you know, it, they seem like a team I'm willing to target, especially like this, where it's going to be a late game. There's several other options to take the shine off of Anaheim. And yeah, if they're two, 3% owned, then yeah, I'll take advantage of minuscule ownership for mega upside. Um, but I'm not really trying to go too crazy on Anaheim, like maybe Drysdale, but um, I kind of want to see it first as far as the value goes in Anaheim because I don't really trust anyone outside of Zegras to get the job done. Um, sorry, I should have looked for the price. Where's Max Comtois price? That's a good question. That is He's 4.6. Yeah. That's, right. um, during the preseason, he was playing a lot with those two and also on the top power play. So um, I don't hate that as a full line stack um, either, but definitely Raquel Zegers have some merit here. Um, and then, yeah, we already talked about the Winnipeg side. So um, that will do it for the five games that we have here. Um, any other thoughts sort of macro level on the slate? Oh, I, I mean, I guess just a couple guys, I think worth mentioning that are real, 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 real cheap. Um, kind of your ultimate punts. Uh, on defense, I'll say first, because I do think that's where I might end up punting. Um, 
Rasmus Sandin was on the second power play. He's minimum salary and definitely has a pretty good offensive pedigree. There's no reason to bet on him being an absolutely massive minute producer for them. But, hey, you know, I think you could do a lot worse. Um, and as far as uh, the other side of that game with Montreal, their defense takes a pretty big hit with Shea Weber being out. That opens up some minutes. Chris Weidman um, was on the second power play unit. So I think if you're getting contrarian with them for whatever reason, I honestly like could not tell you much about like I'm trying to look him up right now. Honestly, I probably should have uh, so more he's, prepared. He's the but, uh, Uber guy. He's the guy who got sh- uh, shipped oh. out of. Um, he got shipped out of Ottawa for the Uber video. Um, yep, that is so, the guy. Yeah, um, yeah, he seemed to have he, some power play like upside in the past. So yeah, so he was a guy when he was a NHL regular a few years ago. He was actually a very very strong DFS play. I'm really glad you mentioned him um, because mm-hmm. he seems like the type of guy who in you know in a month's time is uh, well, he's not going to be 2.5k. Um, I'm kind of hoping he stays quiet. And that people don't catch oh. on to it, but like the if we're looking, for, yeah, if we're looking for some like some some you know points of reference here, he was NHL regular from uh, 15 to 18 with Ottawa, and in that time frame, he put up like 3.5, 3.7, and 3.5 shots plus blocks per 20 minutes. Um, you know, if if it gives you any context, last year Jeff Petrie was about let's see he was uh i filtered something wrong but uh he was two point that's not right that's definitely not right there we go uh he was about 3.7 at his best and about 2.9 at his worst so you know it's almost like the upper range of a demon for weidman it's just a matter of how many minutes he gets on similar note Romanov has been paired with Petrie. So, you know, uh, I like the guy, but maybe no power play time there. So we'll see. Uh, but the minutes could come for him and he could be, you know, uh, a good Ryan McDonough type player for them, which is ironic now that I think about it because they traded away Ryan McDonough uh, themselves. But anyway, any other uh, cheap guys that you wanted to mention? I know you were kind of talking about it. Like, uh, no, I mean, I already mentioned Lowry. Um, that was the other one. I mean, Silverberg, thirty five hundred, but he he could just be dust. I'm not I'm not sure if I want to go back to that well again. But um, a perfetti minimum salary, but not power play crushes that crushes my soul. Um, yeah, I mean then, that maybe, that's something where it's like if if Adam Lowry is you know if he's in a good spot, if he's a good value play, maybe you do just tack on the Perfetti value because you're betting on the talent there more so than the opportunity and just hoping that it shows through, you know, in a, in a one game sample, uh, there's better or there's far worse risks you can take here, I think. So. Um, yeah. And then I guess the only other thing is like, if you like Montreal because of these Toronto injuries and whatever, like most of them are really, really cheap. Like everyone outside of actually really uh, Toffoli is the only one that's kind of expensive, but like, yeah. I don't think there's any reason that you shouldn't target Drew Toronto. So Drew um, is yeah. uh, 3.2. Yeah. Yeah. So just it's putting just that all out there. You're like, like your chief stack of the night, why been Drew in and I don't know, another guy. Yeah. Um, so 
we obviously have, you know, a few injury situations to keep an eye on. Um, but I think the main one that is the most of a question mark right now is Ovechkin. If he misses, uh, look for a guy like Connor McMichael or Daniel Sprong to jump into DFS consideration. And I simply just don't think if Ovechkin were to miss that the field would, you know, catch on to the new role for one of those two guys, I presume, um, you know, be it in the top six or on the top power play or whatever. Um, but both guys profile excellently from a, you know, like uh, shot rate perspective. Like Michael's certainly the more talented of the two, but Sprong has done it in the league for, you know, a good bit now. So um, those are just two names to keep an eye out should Ovechkin miss. All right. Um, we have given underdog enough time. Does not seem like they're going to put up any lines for tomorrow's games. So do you just want to do our guaranteed goals and get out of here? Do you want to throw in a stack or anything like that? Or how do you want to handle this? Yeah, let's do one stack each and a guaranteed goal. Um, I mean, the, the one that uh, let, let's, let's avoid the McDavid one. That's just, we're, we're going to yeah, have it. That's There's fair. no need to, no need to overthink it. I mean, I think that I'm going to end up coming back to Kadri, Ranton, and and I might – I'm really going to try to get Makar in at least one of them, but with McDavid and Dryso, that's never going to get there. Uh, I think it's really, really good. I think Chicago is not really good. So, um, you know, I, I think that you're getting a guy in Nazem Kadri that can put up shots, and I – you know, maybe not at the rate as McKinnon, but I don't think it's such an unbelievable, like, three – thousand drop off and you know with the same position he's going to be in so i i think i'm going to end up having it hmm. um yeah i mean i was kind of going to queue up the other side of that game so screw it let's uh let's do it um i will kind of take the tyler johnson to bring it patrick kane um three man i you know we we talked through this entire slate um uh, there's only a few options where all three guys are line one, power play one correlated. So uh, I'll take advantage of that spot in, you know, relatively poor environment, given the fact that there's no McKinnon um, and just kind of hope that those contextual factors keep the field away and that Patrick Kane can do Patrick Kane things in my lineups and very few others. So um, guarantees goal DJ. I'll start expensive. I think I kind of talked myself into Kyle Connor as being like the optimal one-off play. Um, you know, just hoping that people see the five and a half and just don't get to them or they see kind of like all the red and just stay away. Um, I think that he could be a savvy guy to throw in your flex and score two against Anaheim and put up five, six shots and be in that winning lineup. So I'll go Kyle Connor at 6,300. Yeah. Um, you're not going to sneak Alex Ovechkin by me at 7.2. So if he plays, uh, I'm very in on OB. All right. So I leave myself with 4.7. So let me just pull up the old util. 4.7. I mean, is that? Yeah, that's both. Oh, Bohovic 4.8. Tisk, tisk, tisk. That is a painful, painful time. So we're just going to we're gonna go a little lower. You know, we're going to go with Christian Dvorak. That, that was that was the guy with Drewen and uh, Weidman as a cheap stack. That that was that was the player that the line two power play two with all of them. Um, that was the guy. Man, this freaking sucks. I wanted to take uh, Jonathan Drewen. I um, that price of three point two is just it, it's pretty egregious. Richie with Tavares and Marner. I mean, 
You can afford that, right? Uh, I actually couldn't. I'm 100 off that anyway oh, because I would have just taken Comfrey probably. Um, yeah, that's true. You know what? You know who fits perfectly? No. Evan Connor Bouchard. Oh. Evan, <laughs> Evan Bouchard. Bouchard. 3.8. Um, that gets me to 11K. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's do it. Uh, Evan Bouchard and Ovi. It's, it's going to be the moods type of slate if uh, both those guys hit. So uh, let's do it up. All right. Uh, I got a day two of work tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up. So but let's get on out of here. Uh, right. We gave you everything you needed and more. Sounds good. Um, hopefully our friends over at Underdog get some stuff up there for us to look at uh, some, somewhat early tomorrow. Um, but if you're interested in that, be sure to check out underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code MSP when you sign up. Help the show out. Um, you know, help yourself out. Get a free ten bucks when you deposit ten dollars or more. Um, follow me on Twitter at Fake Moods. DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell ninety four, and the podcast is at Morning Skate Pod, where uh, DJ has been uh, diligently retweeting uh, relevant news and notes. And then DM us in the Twitter account to get in our Discord. We'll send you an invite. You can hop on in there. And, you know, I, I would say I'm more diligently in there, but we're both, uh, you know, pretty active in the Discord. And there's a ton of guys uh, mostly sweating the empty net goals and just tilting our faces off because that was kind of crazy in the Tampa-Pittsburgh game. Um, but it's a good time. I uh, highly suggest you get in there if you are not already. So, uh, DJ, any final thoughts? No. Okay. Um, Nick Suzuki, new contract narrative night. Here we go. Um, from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see you.